Okay, the director's ready. Talent's ready. Cue the opening. In fact, we selected this site because it's so easy for tourists and Florida residents to get here by automobile. Listening to Disney Radio, Florida's in-car welcoming station. My name is Bud, and during the next few minutes, you'll be hearing lots of valuable information about the magic of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your spectral magical host, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Everybody in the Magic Kingdom wants to welcome you to enjoy with us this splendid evening celebration. W. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 322 for the week of April 28th, 2013. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, as well as my videos, blog, live broadcast, special events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, audio CDs, and more. You can find it all and more over at www.radio.com. This week's podcast is brought to you by audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download by visiting audibletrial.com slash wwradio with more than 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player, including many Disney books, you can sign up for free over at audibletrial.com slash wdwradio. So every trip to Walt Disney World presents its own unique opportunities, experiences, challenges, and of course, memories. And when traveling with very young children, our vacations change in many ways and become even more magical and exciting. So this week, I'm joined by members of the Disney Parks Moms panel as we share some of our tips, tricks, and secrets on traveling to Walt Disney World with infants, toddlers, and preschoolers. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned as I'll have updated event information and other announcements, including a special discount code just for you at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. For me, my love of Walt Disney World didn't begin with my trips to the parks as an adult, because we all know I really haven't grown up quite yet, but really going as a child with my parents. Uh, coming to Walt Disney World was our yearly trip, and I was fortunate enough to have remembered and cherished the memories that we all created 40-plus <clears throat> years ago. And while I don't obviously remember them all, um, being able to look back at pictures and, and hearing stories about our visits really kind of reinforces the fact that the real memories come from, the real magic sort of comes from the making of memories with the people that we love. And now, as a parent and even a bigger Disney enthusiast, uh, we're all kind of faced with that question, right? Now that little Junior is born and part of the family, 
when can we finally take him or her or them to Walt Disney World? And then once you decide to go, now what? Right? Because bringing babies and toddlers and preschoolers or infants or kids of any age presents their own unique set of challenges. So this week, we want to share some of our tips on traveling to Walt Disney World with infants and toddlers and preschoolers. And so I'm joined by this week by a few infants, toddlers, and preschoolers, or at least their parents, and really two of my favorite members of the Disney Parks Moms panel, although one is actually a Disney Parks Moms panel dad. Chivalry is not dead, so we're going to go ladies first. I want to first welcome to the show Jackie Gailey. Thank you, Lou. It's so nice to be here. So nice to see you again, again. I think the first time you were on the show like four years ago. Yes. Like, yeah, at the first social media moms conference. That was very fun. I took you to I took you to Paris. Where basically we just I think we ate in France. <laughs> we did. It was the best. Oh, it was awesome. And I'm uh, pleased to welcome to the show another Disney Parks mom, new panelist, Derek Hoffman. Thanks, Lou. Thank you for having us, and I'm appreciating the chance to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you guys uh, join us. And very quickly, this is both your first year, right? Um, Jackie, this is, you've been trying to get on the panel for a while now. I'm sure you're super excited about getting on. Oh, my gosh. I can hardly believe it. I've been chasing this dream ever since the very first year of the, of the Moms panel. And I still have to pinch myself, even though it's, you know, I've been doing this for a few months now. I just can hardly believe it. I'm so happy to be here. What about you, Derek? Is this something that uh, you've been trying for for a while or you saw recently? Especially coming, you know, it's, it's the mom's panel, but you're one of many dads. Now, that's a great question. I've heard about it. I remember when it first started. And really, I have you to thank for, for this whole ordeal because I was listening. Wait, to, you're thanking me yeah. for an ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> because I was listening to one of your podcasts back in September. You had mentioned that there was going to be the open casting for this. And I thought, well, what the heck? Let me just give it a shot and see what it's about. And I'll give it a try. And here we are, man. And so thank you, Lou. Thank you for really being the force to help me get this opportunity underway. When you said ordeal, I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'll, instead I'll say thank you. And listen, I think that's great. We had a chance to meet up. He came to a, a meet of the month a couple of months ago. Jack, obviously, we've known each other for a while. And all three of us um, share a common bond, not just because we love Disney and, and really the food, but because we are parents, and we are all parents of boy and girl, right? We have everything in the catalog. The factory's closed, kids. <laughs> so, um, but we also understand, as parents, the different type of experiences, that the, the challenges that come along with it. So the first question I want to ask you is uh, one that I think you probably as panelists get, you as parents get, is when did you first bring your kids? And so the magic question is, right, what's the right age? Like, what for you is the right age and what's, what's the logic behind it? Because some people say, listen, you leave the hospital, you head to Disney World. Other people say, I'm not taking her till she's able to date at age 35. <laughs> well, being from Seattle, Disneyland was our park and years and years ago. And our daughter was two and our son was six the very first time we went to a Disney park. So it wasn't, they weren't babies, but our daughter was a toddler and she had so much fun. It was a lot of work and she did a lot of running around and there was a lot of come back here honey but there was also a lot of let's just stop and let her dance right here in the middle of main street because she would look up into the sky and she sees the balloons and all of the things going around just the sensory overload is just 
so fun to watch and you don't ever want to stop them from doing that when they're in the middle of it. It's so fun to just stand there and watch. And I mean, her experience is different from a teenager's experience and it's, it was really awesome. I wish that I would have known how wonderful it was going to be and I would have brought my kids a lot younger. Derek, what about for you? When did you first bring your kids? And what do you sort of think is that quote-unquote right age? So I first brought my daughter when she was seven months old, and then I first brought my son when he was only four months old. But now here's here's an interesting point, the right age. I remember distinctly about five years ago, so a couple years before my daughter was born, thinking, wow, I'm really going to miss Disney World. When we start a family, I I don't think we're going to be able to come for at least five or six years. And at that point, my wife and I would be coming every six months. I thought, wow, this is going to be a significant change for us to not have that experience. Then, you know, I started to look around, and I had that, that thought come to my mind while I was here one time, one of our visits. I started to look around, and I noticed hey, there are a lot of families here that are bringing very young children. Like, it almost looked like they were newborns in some cases. And I thought, let me watch this for a little bit. Let me see what's going on. Let me see how these parents are interacting with their children. And let me see if this can work. So lo and behold, I started to see some really positive things going on. And I hopefully I didn't freak anybody out when I was staring at them. Like, what's wrong with this guy? He's got, he's got a problem. But I started to realize, you know what? There are tremendous opportunities for young children here. So... When my daughter hit seven months, we said, you know what, let's give it a shot. We, we, here's a funny thing. We planned to come here for a three-night stay. There was a massive set of blizzards that hit the Northeast, so we ended up making that trip a nine-night stay. My American Express card got nailed, but she, you know, she got to see a lot of things or experience a lot of things at a very early age. So you know, the magic age, I, I would say as soon as you feel comfortable being outside of your home, not having all the conveniences with the baby changing stations that you have at your house, as long as you feel like you can be mobile and transport your child somewhere, that's the magic age. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it, there is no right or wrong answer, right? It's a, in terms of philosophy and how you bring your kids. Because I was like you when my daughter was born. Uh, I brought her. She was about seven months. And I'm sure you heard the same thing. What are you bringing her for? It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of money. She's not going to remember anything. What, I respectfully disagree because for me, some of the best photos I have are of my daughter sitting in the stroller. She doesn't know who the character are. She doesn't understand what she's seeing. But the audio-visual stimulation... You see that expression in her face as the parade's going by with the colors and the music and the lights and the fireworks. And I think, too, I think they get acclimated very early as you continue to bring them from a young age at what they're seeing. I I could imagine sometimes you bring a four- or five-year-old to the parks for the first time and there's this giant King Louie sort of running up to him. It's like, whoa, what's this giant, big, freaky character? It could be me or or the other King Louie running up to my child. And it, 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 should, it could be almost a little intimidating as opposed to sort of becoming used to it. So now, and as my kids were getting older, they got used to falling asleep in the stroller, hearing the fireworks and not being scared. So we were able to do child swap and some of those other things because it, it wasn't, they weren't melting down. They didn't have to, have to go back to the room. They were acclimated to that experience. That's so cool. I See, I love that. Cool or cruel? It's cool. It's awesome. Because that was one thing that when Molly was two, while it was so wonderful to watch her, she was exhausted a lot. And it's, I'll have to tell you guys a fun story about my son sometime, but she slept through a lot of things because 
of the just so much fun and so much to see and I feel like if we would have brought her younger she maybe would have you know we could have come more often and it was the whole let's move to California instantly after we went there the first time so <laughs> yeah I found duct tape duct taping them to the strollers works wonders <laughs> but you know I you brought up a really interesting point Lou because I can't tell you how many people have said to me Wow, you're spending a lot of money to go on vacation and bringing your young children. They're not going to remember any of this. What, why are you doing this? And I said, you know what? It's the same thing as saying, you know, I'm going to wait to hug my child until he or she is five. Because then I think they'll be able to remember it by then. Give them a kiss or tell them I love them. I mean, that's part of the DNA. I mean, I remember when my, both of my children were first born, I wanted to hold them nonstop. Because I wanted to have that bond and a connection with them. Disney is in my DNA, woven somehow. And I want that to be a part of their DNA as well. And like with the pictures, I have some of my favorite pictures of, I've ever taken. They sit on my desk at work with my iPad and they just scroll with pictures of my kids at Disney World. That's my motivation. When I look at those, I think this is why I do what I do because that's such a special experience. Right. And the point is, it's not about the memories that they are going to carry forward. It's memories you're going to carry forward. My daughter does not have any recollection of the Mickey bar all over, over her face, but I remember that, right? And, and I see that, and I sort of remember what that time was, and I think that's what it is. It's, it's us carrying those memory forwards and then explaining to them or their friends when they're teenagers, oh, let's whip out the photo album and show you when you were nine months old. Yes. Oh, and imagine the stories with the grandkids, like the holidays, and you're going to talk about it, and that is so fun, talking about those memories and sharing those memories. That's really fun. Except now we're all about the same age, and you just talked about us having grandkids. I know. <laughs> I'm feeling a little woozy. All right, but listen, I so let's know. talk about the, the, the <laughs> practical aspects of taking these young children, infants and toddlers and preschoolers, to Walt Disney because it does very much change that dynamic of how you have to go. No longer you and your wife are just packing the carry-on and heading down there. So let's sort of, before you go, are there any sort of things that you guys can think of that parents might not think about, things that they should bring or be cognizant of maybe getting as soon as they come down or bringing with them from home? Well, as far as bringing things with you, I mean, I think the biggest thing that people talk to me about are diapers and the wipes and all the things like for, for you know, children of that age. One of the things that we found is that, you know, with the amazing online resources that are out there for buying these supplies, we just make an order for a week's worth of stuff and ship it down here a couple days ahead of time. On the, the label, we say, you know, guests arriving on whatever day at, and we get the, the address of the, the resort. And when we get here, we check in, we check our bags in, we say, hey, we should have a package for us, and there it is. And we, they bring it right up to the room for us. That makes it so much easier to pack, it's so, you know, especially with the cost of extra bags now with the airlines. You know, I went one time, a few days before a trip, I thought, let me just beat, the, beat it to the punch. I'm going to go to one of these uh, you know, UPS stores. I said, pack this stuff up and ship it to me. It was $125. And I said, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Then my wife says, what are you doing? It's free shipping from this store that we get our stuff from all the time. I said, ah. So I learned my lesson the hard way. But that for us has been the biggest thing when it comes to bringing stuff. Just ship it down here. I tried that actually with my children. And UPS (laughs) frowns very much on trying to ship your children because it's cheaper than JetBlue. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for us... And I think a lot of parents, it's um, it's trial by fire. You don't realize what the things that you need or should have until you get here. So yeah. y- y- simple things, right? You can buy sunblock here, but you're right. Like ship it down. Cheerios. Like Cheerios with a saving grace 
keeping them in the cup holder uh, of the stroller mm-hmm. Ziploc bags, like one for the wet stuff, one for the dry stuff, um, mm-hmm. juice boxes, water bottles, a little fan that you can put on the stroller. Go to the dollar store and get ponchos. Cover the stroller in ponchos. Cover the kid. I mean, don't cover your child in ponchos. But you know what I mean? Um, you know, or even bringing down your own umbrella stroller. Or when you get down here, go into Walgreens and buy one for $19. And if you don't want to bring it home, you pay it forward and give it to somebody else on the way out. Yes. You know, we when we used to fly in from Seattle, we used to bring the umbrella stroller. Because the beauty about flying is that you can bring the umbrella stroller all the way through the airport, all the way up to the gate, and the stewardess right there will tag it and stick it on the plane. And then you don't have to deal with your toddler, you know, trying to walk and trying to carry things. And it's really nice. And then if you're, like you said, if you're not in the mood to take it home, you gift it forward. It's wonderful. And you know it's going to go to good use. Plus, then your child has a stroller they're comfortable in, and it's yours, and you don't have to give it back before you leave the park. It's really a nice thing. And when they're really small, like they're seven months, you know, we did the car seat stroller, so you're able to bring it on the plane. And it's, although it seemed to weigh like 7,000 pounds by the end of the night, those are good too because you can put all the stuff sort of in the basket and underneath. But, you know, here's the other thing, too, is that a lot of parents that I've talked to, they get very concerned that I'm going to forget something. You know, obviously, there's you can pretty much buy anything here on property. But we found that when we've been in a situation where we thought we had everything that we needed in terms of all the supplies, inevitably, there's one or two things that we didn't bring, that we needed, we didn't expect. And there's a lot of great places around property here that you can buy these things if you forget it, like, like the baby care centers or first aid centers or even in the sundry shops. But the one thing I think has been really cool is that there's a service that you can do with the resorts that if you say, I need this over-the-counter prescription or an actual prescription, they have a service, a delivery service with one of the local pharmacies. You can come out, and it's a very small charge. And they'll bring it to you to your resort hotel. It's way less than if you had to go out and rent a car for the day just to go to one of the, you know, Walmart or, or Target or something. And you, know, you have it there waiting at your hotel when you come back and after a couple hours. And I think even, you know, sort of leading into the resorts, I think that's something else to think about, too, is, you know, where do you stay? Like, you have to start thinking about in terms of convenience for you. You know, sometimes maybe it... it Maybe you're used to staying at, at an all-star resort. But me say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is one where I look to a one of the family suites or one of the vacation clubs. See, I think people don't realize, and you guys know as mom's pals, they don't realize you don't need to be a DVC member to stay in a DVC room. Sometimes paying for that extra space and convenience of a washer-dryer, a microwave, a kitchen, for when you do need to come back to the room and prepare meals and things like that, is worth the extra money is worth uh for the convenience, you know, even just having a balcony outside while the baby's sleeping, you guys sit outside and have your cup of coffee, whatever it may be. So, and the money that you save by making your own meals makes up for the difference in price. It does. The last time we were here on a big family vacation, we actually had my little nephew who wasn't quite a year old yet. And we, I mean, obviously we're DVC members and we stayed at the beach club, but I'll tell you, if we were not, the convenience of that, there's you can hardly put a price on it because, I mean, we brought our crock pot. We threw something in in the morning. It was ready by the time we got home. If we needed to throw laundry in because there was issues with the baby, there was no problem. We didn't have to go to a laundromat. We didn't have to go downstairs. We just did it right there in our room. It's beautiful. And the convenience is 
amazing. And we all know that when you're at Walt Disney World, time is money. So when you don't have to spend the time going somewhere to go take care of things, it's nice to be able to just do it right there in your room and keep everybody happy. So one of the neat things about the Moms panel is that we can get so many different perspectives on an issue. And so I'll throw it to the other (laughs) side of the spectrum. So everything you guys said is absolutely on point and perfect. But now there's the other side, too, that we didn't mention is that if you have maybe a little more generous budget, there are the suites at a lot of the resorts here that offer basically you know two rooms. You have you know your sleeping room. You have like a more living area type room. And if the laundry issue comes up, they have laundry services that actually aren't that bad considering if you th- time is money. That that concept. I've used that laundry service before, and they do a great job. Uh, of course, I don't. You give them a whole suitcase full of laundry to do. I, I couldn't afford that. But just a few things. If for whatever reason we just ran out of stuff. And it, it's so much easier. Just when I come back to my room after a day, it's there hanging up for me, ready to go. Uh, that's a nice option as well if, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the DVC isn't an option or you, you want to just splurge a little bit. And uh, I'll sort of piggyback on that because we're obviously sitting at Disney's Polynesian Resort, one of my favorite, where I used to stay when I was a kid sometimes because there were only two resorts here at the time, so your <laughs> options are somewhat limited. But this also goes to the time is money, the convenience to car or not to car, right? To rent a car or not. So if you know that your child is going to want to spend a lot of time in the Magic Kingdom, maybe you look to stay Grand Floridian, Polly, Contemporary, because it's on the monorail loop. You don't have to worry about, especially at the end of the night, waiting for a bus, a tram to the car, whatever it may be. You hop on the monorail, better you hop on a boat, and you're here in just a couple of minutes. That's an awesome thing at the end of the night because when you're tired and you have to wait for a bus, it's hard. It's really hard when you have to hold kids and we see it on the buses when we're here and we're leaving the parks at night and people are exhausted and children are exhausted and these poor things and they fall asleep in their dad's or mom's arms and it's it's tough sometimes. And The parents melt down as much as the kids do. They do. They really do and I don't blame them. I mean, I you know, my kids are a little older now but I'll tell you what, it, that's, it's it's tough to watch sometimes because you want to help, but obviously somebody's not going to hand you their child. So it's unless I, they're really having a bad day. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I, I think that at the end of the night, when you are done at the parks and you can just get right on the monorail or a boat, the boats are such a hidden gem to me because the boats are not what everybody uses first and it's really just a skip across the water and you're back and then you're done and it's so fast there's no price that you can put on that so i'll i'll put another spin on it like we did with our last topic I think renting a car is a tremendous luxury. If you have the, the, the ability to do so, it's nice to be able to have your own car seat and to be able to go to the parks whenever you want, not have to wait in line for the buses, things like that. But I will say, though, that it shouldn't be looked upon, you shouldn't be frowning upon the fact that you're staying at a resort that uh, relies upon bus transportation to a place like the Magic Kingdom because, you know, I've had some tremendous experiences with the bus where people are very polite. If they see, like someone like my wife, if she was carrying my son or my daughter in like our little carrier that we have and the bus is crowded, they'd offer up a seat. Or here's my favorite story was when we were here back in Christmas time, my son was four months old at the time, uh, the bus was jammed, uh, someone offered his seat to my wife. She's carrying my son, so my daughter and I stood in the aisle. As the lights go down and we make the drive back to, uh, to the hotel, my daughter freaks out. 
because the lights are off. It's crowded. She can't see her mom. So this nice lady who's sitting next to us said, what's your favorite Christmas song? And my daughter, she mustered through her tears, Jingle Bell Rock. The whole bus started singing Jingle Bell Rock. That was just this amazing experience from it. You don't see that everywhere. And I'm not going to say the names of the other places, but you don't <laughs> see that everywhere. That's why I love this place, because you can create that bond. If I went back home to D.C. and rode one of the Metro buses, they would look at me like I'm insane. That like they, in they would stop in the middle of the Beltway and boot me out. It just doesn't happen Again. anywhere. <laughs> Again, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why I love it. So, I, so the buses I don't think should be frowned upon at all. It certainly is a consideration, but it, there can be some great opportunities there. Yeah, there, I think there's pros and cons. The convenience of a car, not having to wait for a bus. If you need to go drive somewhere, it's great. You've got the comfort of your own. Some people, like, they want to put their kids in a car seat, whatever it may be. And I think if you do take advantage of the bus service, because it's free, uh, you need to do things like make sure you give yourself a little added extra time. So if, you're, if you see the meltdown beginning, Start making your way out now because you know you're going to have to wait for the bus. Um, think about things like the umbrella stroller, right? You have to fold the strollers. You're going to have to carry the kids, whatever it may be. And also try and avoid rope drop and park closing because that's when the buses are going to be most crowded, right? Again, people are going to give up their seats. But make sure you – right. And think about your kids first. You know, think about sort of the kids first and the extra time and, and what the buses are going to entail for you. Absolutely. It's so important. And that's, you know, it's funny because now that we live four hours away and have our own car every time we come here, it is so awesome. And we love just being able to mosey on out to our car. But that's such an important thing that you said, Lou, because... Oftentimes I'll see families who the kids are having the meltdown and they're still in the park. They've got a long journey. Yeah. And so try to sort of plan and know the cues of your kids. And when they tell you in a certain way by their, you know, whatever, you know your kids, it, when they let you know that they're sort of done or on the verge of being done, start making that move before it gets ugly. Yeah, because you do not, and let's talk about sort of visiting the parks, because you do need to change the way you go. Look, we used to go commando style. We were there. Listen, time spent in the parks for me when I lived in New Jersey was time wasted, right? I mean, I was usually eating most of that time, but still, I wanted to be in the parks. Now, you sort of need to alter. So my thing is four-hour blocks, right? Don't plan on staying in the parks for more than four hours of time to give your child a chance to go back, you guys a chance to rest and or recover, as it were. Um, tell me about sort of your, your tips of sort of in-park experiences, and certainly we need to address the baby care centers as well, too. Well, I'll start with the baby care center. I think those people are just fantastic. I mean, they are very helpful. They have the ability to uh, coordinate anything that you might need in terms of if, like, for example, you just happen to run out of wipes or diapers or whatever, um, they can be very helpful in terms of getting you in the assistance that you need. There's a section in there for mothers who are nursing. There's a section in, the, in all four of the centers where children can sit and watch cartoons or movies, uh, the older children while their younger siblings are getting taken care of. So it's a great little sanctuary. But your four-hour block thing is, is really, I mean, it's spot on because that seems to be like at the point when children start to... Um, they start to experience that, that exhaustion. And it might be from blood sugar issues or they're just tired. It's sens- there's a lot of sensory things. It gets a little on. warm in Florida, too. So the heat, you know, <laughs> take that into consideration. It gets a little warm. And, and the, our, our routine typically is we'll, we'll have breakfast at the hotel. 
we'll make our way to a park. We plan to only do a few rides and, you know, ones that we really know that our kids are going to enjoy. And then either lunch at the parks and head back or head back and have lunch at the hotel. And that time when we get back to the hotel, that's nap time. That's maybe go out and hang out at the pool or the beach or do some kind of recreation activity. Something that breaks up the day a little bit because... Those kids, when they come, when they burn out, I mean, they burn out. And they're not used to traveling like this. I mean, if you think about your children and what they do every day, they might be in daycare or school or whatever that is. They're not doing a fraction of walking, of the walking, or just the, the activity that they do in the parks, just naturally. Stimulation, that is that right? Exactly. So, you know, being able to give them the chance to take a nap, even if they're not taking naps normally, I think it's a good idea to do it just from the standpoint it'll recharge their batteries. It'll help you have a better afternoon when you go back out to the parks or go for dinner or whatever. And you're going to enjoy that experience as a family much more than if you're spending the time dragging Junior by the, by the, the collar through the park. You're going to have fun whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm paying good money for you to have fun. I've seen that. Oh, my gosh. I've seen that so often where you can just see the looks on parents' faces and they're so mad because they're just so frustrated. And it's and I always think when I walk past them, I think, gosh, if I could have just had a half an hour conversation with you two weeks before this vacation, because it's so important to follow your know what your kids are capable of and it is so humid here and it sucks you dry and I mean I've never been anywhere that's more humid than it is here and it really just takes your energy away and so children have these little tiny bodies and they cannot four hours is a really good time to just just be and don't forget to you know drink water and don't forget that you got to give them a rest let them run around and play don't worry about we have to get to this next ride we have to have to have to have to do this because it's you you just have to slow down and and just kind of be and and take the breaks and do it because it's important you'll have much more fun and it'll be a much more peaceful event than everybody being so aggravated that they can hardly stand it <laughs> and especially i think if you come as a, a parent whether it's parents or a single parent coming with a child um you are not alone like you are not in this alone you have friends here and the baby care centers is a great example. We took full advantage of all the baby care centers that are in all four parks, and they range in size from Disney's Hollywood Studios, relatively small, to Disney's Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, over at the Odyssey uh, at Epcot. Um, Larger with everything you need, whether you need to change, rest, nurse, tend to a small child, deal with the meltdown of a little bit of an older child if you forget something. They have it all, and the staff there, look, all the cast members we know, but the staff at the Baby Care Center has always been exceptional. And if you find yourself like, my kid is doing this, I don't know what to do, like, they're so well-trained, and they're so there to sort of lend an extra hand to help you, too. They are. We experienced that when we were here back in February with my nephew, and we were sort of having, he was just having a fit, and... We just were trying everything to just kind of chill him out. And we ended up just hanging out in the baby care center for maybe 20 minutes and just let him do his thing. He sat on the floor, crawled around, 
you know, there's a nice carpeted area in the one in the Magic Kingdom, and he just kind of did his little thing. He just needed to chill. He just needed to be. Get me out of my stroller. Get me away from all of these things that I'm looking at everywhere. Just give me some four walls with a TV and some chairs, and I'm good for a few. And he was like a different little person when right. we so like Almost if you can't make it back to resort, that's sort of a good yes. you know, way stay. It's like a truck stop for your kids where you can sort of give them a rest yeah. if you can't make it all the way back to Animal Kingdom Lodge from the Magic Kingdom. You know, another point... I just called it a truck stop for kids. (laughs) (laughs) You know, another interesting point. Just last night, I was at the Magic Kingdom Baby Care Center, and as we walked in, we noticed that a a child had been separated from his family. And it just so happens that the the folks that saw him, saw that he was in, in need of help, right there they brought him in and those people lickety split they were on the radios they got security there and they got people they were able to console the child help him understand that they were going to be nice people that were going to help him find his parents and you know, I wasn't watching I was tending to my child but I just kind of it, it, I was experiencing what was happening and I was amazed at how well they handled that situation because if I was in that situation where I just happened to see a child who was separated, I'd be panicked because I think I would experience that panic as well. They were calm. They, they knew exactly what to do. They were well-trained. And they ended up finding the parents. They brought them over. They re- reconnected everything. And it was just it was fantastic. And I thought, wow, that's really an amazing service that they're offering that they're able to, to be able to on the spot drop everything and respond to those, those emergency situations. So, and speaking about, you know, look, mom and dad, we sort of mentioned that they're here on vacation and their, their child happens to be with them, too. They're not here to remember. <laughs> but I think you, parents have to remember that they can have fun, too, right? Just because your child can't ride Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain, no, you're, I will tell you, Disney does frown on you duct taping them to the stroller and running on your own. So in the alternative, they have child swap. Not that you swap your child out for one that you like better, but who wants to sort of explain the concept of, of child swap and how good that really is in, in terms of allowing mom and dad to have fun too? Well, child swap is so awesome because, first of all, one person in the party gets to go twice, which is always really cool. That's the best part. But it's so cool because you all wait in line together as a family, and the parent and the child, one parent, and the child goes on the ride and then after they're done they come back and then the child gets to ride it again with the other parent or no is that how oh i said that wrong no so if you are going with a young child you wait in the queue together one parent rides when that parent comes off it's almost like parent swap it's parent swap <laughs> it's simply called parent swap yes it's parent swap but if you have a child that's older that child can maybe ride twice the, that, and that's what I'm speaking <laughs> right. about is because I have two kids so one of the older one got to always go twice so that's the fun part about it because my son got to go twice and it was really fun for him and then when I waited with our daughter my son and, and his dad went and anyway it's, it's a really cool thing because you don't lose your place in line so you only wait in the line once you don't have to lose all that time and if you have a second child they get to go twice and it's fantastic and the baby gets to look around and see all of the fun things in these fantastic cues so they're not missing anything either and again you know parent and, and i think we take it for granted that we know child swap exists i hear from parents so many times i can't go to disney till my kids are older because they can't ride anything so i can't do anything you know, what's funny about that is before I came down here, I was talking to a friend of mine who was entertaining the idea of bringing his children down here. They're about the same age as my kids. And I was telling him about this child swap thing, and immediately he was sold. 
His question was, how much does that cost? And I said, buddy, I, I, I got some good news for you. It's free. And he said, free? Are you kidding me? This is the best service ever. I said, yeah. These are these little gems that, that Disney does a great job of offering and trying to help families with younger children to, to accommodate them and to allow the parents to, like you said, enjoy their time as well. And it's free of charge. It's, that's just amazing to me. And sort of extending that concept of, look, mom and dad need to have fun too. And, you know, I know for me, especially, and I still am with my daughter, I am the way too overprotective father. It's a total double standard in my house. But I was very, very um, protective of her and not wanting anybody to watch her, to look after her. And certainly I would never leave her side. But, you know, when it comes to Disney World, sometimes mom and dad do want to have some time on their own. And I will tell you that it wasn't until the Disney Cruise Line, and then I came to Walt Disney World that I was able to say, we can go do something and I can entrust my child into the care of somebody else. And there is, um, there's a service here that is, um, it's not run by Disney, but Disney does sort of recommend something called Kids Night Out, which is this really all-encompassing babysitting service where they will come to your hotel room, they're CPR certified, they are insured, they're very well vetted. So you can have somebody that Disney understands, they recommend, and they trust. And if your kids are tired and you want to maybe have sort of a, a date night out, you want to go out to a nice dinner at Narcoosie's or Blue Zoo or wherever it may be, you can go and spend a couple hours knowing that your child is in the room, they're there with somebody safe, you've got all their contact information and vice versa. I've used Kids Night Out probably a dozen times while I've been here uh, and always been very comfortable and very satisfied. So I think the fact, knowing that it's somebody who's vetted with, with background checks and CPR certified and you can stay in constant contact with, it allows you a couple of hours to enjoy time as a couple or out with friends or whatever it may be. Now, I, and I've talked to a lot of people that have used that service and they've had these exact same experience. And one thing they'll add is, well, you're having the convenience of one-on-one -on -one care with your child. You're also having the convenience of them being in the room with all of the toys and all the things that they, they know are familiar with, whereas you know, maybe in a different sense, if you're going somewhere that the child isn't familiar with, it might be a little tough for them to, to swallow. And then there's also the other side, of which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, is things like right here at the Polynesian, we have the Neverland Club, which is an awesome experience for the kids. Uh, they, they, a lot of those kids, they're, they're clawing at the carpet as the parents are pulling them out because right. uh, it's so much fun. And that's you know, very similar to the cruise line experience that they have. You know, and, and that was really where I also got to understand how, how much there is for the kids to do on their, um, by themselves with you know, and you still have a great time in doing it. Yeah, my kids, and I think you, be, I think you have to be f maybe four years old or so to go to Neverland Club, the Sandcastle Club, where the, the, the Cubs den. My kids, they just went to the Sandcastle Club last week. Like you said, what do you, they, we walked in, they said, why are you here so early? And it was quarter to midnight. <laughs> you know, because they love it because they're playing games, they're making friends. It's it's kids' night out for them as opposed to mom and dad wanted to have some time out. So, and again, places that you, you know 
it's right here on property and you trust as well too. Yeah, it's really fun. Our the first time we visited Walt Disney World, our kids came to the Neverland Club and they had so much fun. And then um, the following year, they went to the Sandcastle Club and they had so much fun. And now our son is too old to go, and so he he's a little bummed. But our daughter is still young enough to go for the next few months, and so she is dying to go one last time because they really love it. It is kids' night out. It's so much fun for them. And, and they feed. I mean, they 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 can choose. My kids yeah. were like, my daughter wants to go back just to eat because she loves it. <laughs> because they that the apple doesn't clearly not fall far from the tree. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. They can feast on everything, and and it's fun for them. It's so much fun, and the cast members there are awesome. So they make it so fun. The kids don't even... And then you and your husband can go out or you and your wife and have such a nice dinner by yourselves and you don't have to worry. And it's it's really a win-win situation. It's like they're at camp and they're not going anywhere. And, this, and obviously security is very strict. Only you can go and pick up your child. So there's never been a concern. But we touched on something that I think we need to address too because I also hear this. I'm sure you guys do as well too is in terms of dining, right? Because look, attractions are just things you do in between eating. We all know that. We understand that about Walt Disney World. And when people say, oh, I'm taking my kids to Disney. They're so young. They're picky eaters. They're infants or toddlers. I can't go to anywhere. I can't go to a sit-down restaurant. It's going to be burgers and fries for me the whole time. That is so completely not it because uh, not only does every restaurant you know, have uh, high chairs and things that you can put your, your seats on as well too, um, but you can have a nice sit-down meal even with bringing your your young child as well absolutely you know i think maybe with the exception of victorian alberts you can pretty much go to any of the restaurants here and have a great dining experience with your children you know personally i always plan well in advance where we're going to eat and we go to a lot of the signature dining restaurants with our children when we come here and here's the thing we're at a family destination and there's going to be lots of children here enjoying these meals they've got great kids menus and their healthy choices that they've really done they kicked their game up a notch uh, in terms of what they're offering but you know, the biggest thing that I take away from this experience is actually something a friend told me he said you know if you ever go to someone's house and they want to show you a photo album you'll thumb through it and you go, yeah that's a great picture oh your cousin uncle but then you stop on a page that has a picture of you on it you go, oh, well, what was I wearing? What did I look like back then? What was I thinking about my hair? It, we're, we're all very interested in ourselves. I mean, that's just how our DNA, that, that's, no, that's nothing to say about me or anyone else. But I'm not self-conscious when I bring my children to a Disney restaurant. If they're a little bit loud, I'm okay with it. Because guess what? Someone else's family's having a great time, too. Now, and there, there's obviously some limitations. So when we go to some of the signature dining restaurants for dinner, tonight we're going to Artist Point, we go on the earlier side. We don't want to go on the later side because obviously the kids are going to be tired and cranky. We want to make sure that we're getting in there, we're getting them fed, and we'll get them back to the room so that they can have a normal bedtime and everything's great. Now, if we decide to do a 9.30 seating, yeah, they're going to melt down. We're going to ruin the mojo and the whole restaurant for everybody. We don't want to do that. But I, I always advocate that parents should try to experience this with the, these restaurants with their children because this is setting the groundwork for them to experience some great food, some different options. And obviously, the chicken nuggets, not the, it's there if you want it. But give them the chance to try some new things. And I think, too, even when you are going with children who are not ready to order off the menu yet, it's still you know, pureed peas or whatever it is they're eating. I agree with you. We went at off times. We would go really, at least if a restaurant opened up at 4.30, 5 o'clock, 
you go for an early dinner. The cast members are certainly cognizant of the fact you have a young child. So, hey, do you want me to try and get things out a little bit faster? Is there anything that I can do, anything I can bring for the baby as well, too? And you also, too, want to be cognizant of other people's dining experiences late at night, too. You eat early, it's less crowded, maybe less noisy, and you're still able to get back to your room before your kid's ready for, or you're ready for bedtime. And, and there's one more thing. You brought up a really good, interesting point, Lou. I've had a couple of times where we've had our children there, and they've gotten a little fussy for some reason. We thought we got the right window, but we missed it a little bit. And I've said to the waiter, you know, look, can you just hold my entree for five minutes? And I'll take the child that needs a little bit of attention, needs to take a quick walk, and we'll go take a tour around. We'll look at what's going on in the restaurant, and then I'll come back in five minutes. My wife had a chance to sit down, enjoy her meal a little bit, then we'll do the child swap at the <laughs> restaurant, basically. And they're cool with that. And, and, and that's, that's, that's normal for, for the restaurant. That's, they're used to accommodating families with young children. That's one of the things I love is that they work with you. They see that you're, you know, if you're having if you're having an issue, they work with you. They do whatever they can do to make your experience more pleasurable. And I always feel I feel the same way as you guys both do that kids really need to have these experiences when they're here at Walt Disney World because they're incredible experiences and why shouldn't the kids be part of it? I mean, one night out is great for them to go to the kids club, have a great time, but let them experience some of those finer moments too so that they know what it's all about and they and even if they're just there even if you know the baby if it's a baby that you have with you it it's fun for them to just be a part of the whole family adventure and you know just like you would anywhere if the baby's being disruptive and screaming their little head off then you know you're going to pick the baby up and walk them around and bounce them around and then they're going to be fine it's not going to disrupt anybody yeah and i think you know like i said at the beginning there is so much to consider when coming with a child. And, and certainly we all have individual questions, individual special needs, whatever they may be. I think that's what the beauty of something like the mom's panel is that people can go on, ask a general question that so many other people have the same questions or specific individual questions as well too. I'd love for you guys to share your, your one tip or the one thing that maybe we didn't cover that you would suggest or recommend for people who are coming with infants or toddlers or preschoolers. I think the biggest tip is to just do it. Don't don't think about it. You know, it's like, you know, in golf, your first tee shot's always a disaster, but your second one's beautiful because you weren't thinking about it. You were just out there to hit the ball. If you overthink the process and you get worried about it, you tend to find yourself in a situation where you're going to let that fear override your interest in actually taking the plunge and doing it. Just get out there and do it. Have fun with it. And keep your schedule loose, you know, because I think... One of the biggest, I don't want to call them a mistake, but it's a mistake that a lot of families make is they want to pack everything in. But with young children, you can't do that. And I've found that some of my favorite memories with my children were the times when we bumped into something spontaneously. It might have been the Dapper Dan singing or it might have been just a family of ducks walking. Uh, Like right now, there's a whole bunch of baby ducks all around property. Just being able to say, hey, you know what? It's okay if we spend 10 minutes just watching these ducks waddle around because we don't need to be anywhere immediately right now. And having that time just to savor and be in the moment and present, that's when you really find that these experiences you offer for your children are going to be these lifelong memories that everybody talks about. And look, as if on cue, the crying baby downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. That's, it's the truth because you never know. And I think my biggest biggest tip for this is to stay on your child's schedule. 
gear your trip around things that are appropriate for the age of your child. So when we were here with my one-year-old nephew, everything we did was for him. It was... It was Dumbo. It was, we played around in the Casey Jr. water area. It was everything that he could do, everything that he would be interested in. And there was a big group of nine of us, so some of us would split off, some of us would stay. You really have to cater when you come with little ones. You really have to cater and and adjust your schedule around the kids because it's going to make it much more fun. And like Derek said, don't pack too much in. Don't try to fit everything in because then you're going to set yourself up to be disappointed. We never know what our kids are going to do. They could be smiling and happy one second and then the next minute it's complete meltdown. Be prepared for that and just go with it if it happens. Just park it on a bench or in the grass and watch people. I mean, it, and enjoy it. Make the best out of everything that happens, even if it's not so fun. You know, because that's the part where you don't want to look back at your vacation and think, oh my goodness, I wish we would have done this differently. Because I'll tell you something, my nephew was 11 months old, and that little boy was banging with his open hand on the inside of our resort room door in the morning from the third day into our vacation because he knew how much fun was on the other side of that door and he wanted to go. And he was 11 months old when we were here. So they know, those little ones, they know exactly what's going on. And if you're stressed, they can feel it. And so just roll with every punch that happens and be prepared not to see everything because it's really okay. I think you're right. Like I said earlier, they know, right? They respond to the lights. They respond to these sensory experiences Keep that in mind when you're going through. Let them stop and watch a parade. Let them sort of experience some of those sensory things. It's not about necessarily riding rides. But I think you hit on the point for me, which is about being able to look back. I think it's about the memories. Um, Do as I say, not as I did. uh, Because I think I missed out on so much because I found myself... um, You wouldn't know that I actually traveled to Walt Disney World with my children because I wasn't in any pictures, Right? Dad, mom, whoever it is, give the camera. Do photo pass. It's like they will take your photos for free. Hand them your camera. Get in the pictures. Take tons of pictures of your kids. But also, make sure you take the time to, to watch their experience, not through a camera lens, not through a videotape lens. So you're watching them and you're sharing that experience with them. But get some of those memories so you can sort of look back. They won't remember. You might not remember because you're worrying about the diaper bag and the Cheerios and the strollers and the rain and... So capture those memories and look back because it, we all know, and, and I hate to sound like an older parent, but it goes very quickly, right? You know, my kids are older than I, they were born yesterday, and now all of a sudden they're nine and seven. And you guys, you know, the same thing someday. I mean, she's going to skip the teenage years, but someday she'll be 35, and it's going to happen very, very quickly. Um, again, certainly we can't cover everything in terms of taking young children uh, if people have individual questions, what they think might be general questions, there's no such thing as a stupid question, especially if you're a new parent taking it. Give them the address of the mom's panel and how they can ask questions. So there's a variety of ways to go there, but the easiest one is to go to DisneyParksMomsPanel.com. And you can go on there, ask a general question of the entire panel, and they'll feed it through the system and somebody will answer that question. 
or if you have a specific question that you think a panelist would be best suited to answer, you can go on the page and select Meet, and it'll show you a list of the entire group of active panelists, and you can click on their profile, see what they're about, get a feel for their personality, and you say, you know what, I really like Jackie, I think she can be a perfect resource for me to answer this question I have, and you can ask Jackie a question individually and she will respond directly back to you. I think it's, it's a great way to have a communication and a dialogue with the guests because uh, we're, we, you know, we're just like everyone else. We're, we're not Disney employees. We're super fans just like you, Lou. And uh, we love giving people the chance to see Disney through the lens that we've seen it and we want to be able to share that opportunity with anyone else. And certainly I want to hear from those people who are listening who, whether it, what they learn, listen, you learn, we, it's all trial by fire, right? We, none of us got the instruction manual when we walked out of the hospital, although I waited for an enormous amount of time. Look, we get stereo instructions. We don't get kid instructions. So I want people to share their best tip for traveling for, with infants, preschooler, toddlers, young children, 47-year-olds trapped in a 7-year-old body, whatever it may be. Come to the website over at wdwradio.com. Click on the podcast. Click on this week's show and leave your comments, your sort of best tips in the show notes there. Please go by and visit the Moms Panel website and say hi to both Derek and to Jackie. And guys, I want to thank you again for taking the time out of your vacations and away from your families to join me today. Um, Of course, the setting here is not all that bad. We're looking out over the water in the Magic Kingdom, so... This is so much better than being a lawyer. But listen, I want to thank you guys again. Uh, congratulations again on such a great accomplishment, being part of the Moms Panel. You, you guys truly are assets because not only you're great parents, but like you said, you're super fans as well. Yeah, thank you, Lou, and thank you for all that you do and to help people like me uh, get a chance to experience all the wonderful things that are going on with Walt Disney World when I'm not here. And you basically uh, bring me back every week when I come listen to your podcast and Wednesday when you do your live broadcast as well. It's, it's a real treat. So thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having us. I'm truly honored to be here today, Lou. Thank you so much. All right, now where are we going to go? Let's ditch the kid. Trivia question of the week. We'll ask you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World trivia history. See how well you pay attention to the details, maybe not just to what you see, but in what you hear for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, in honor of Disney's Animal Kingdom's 15th anniversary, which they celebrated on Earth Day, your question was from that park. And it was very simple, which was, which attraction was the very first to open in the Asia section of Disney's Animal Kingdom. And again, thank you and congratulations to the hundreds of you who wrote in and got this one correct. And as many of you who entered know, the correct answer is Flights of Wonder. That opened with Disney's Animal Kingdom in 1998 and was the first and only attraction to be part of the Asia section. This 25-minute exotic bird show takes place on and above the caravan stage at Animal Kingdom, which, like everything else in Animal Kingdom and all throughout Walt Disney World, is very, very well-themed, and the architecture resembles what you might find up in the Himalayan Highlands or in India. It seats about a 1,000 guests, is different every time, and again, opened in Disney's Animal Kingdom on April 28th, 1998. So thank you again. Congratulations to all of you who got this one correctly, and our winner this week, selected randomly, is... 
Ben C. So Ben, congratulations. If you didn't win, thanks for playing, but don't worry because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, I don't have a trivia question for you per se, but instead, I want to see how well you pay attention to what you hear. So all you have to do this week is simply identify where in Walt Disney World you can hear, or maybe could have heard, this. You have until Sunday, May 5th, Happy Cinco de Mayo, at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Again, simply tell me where in Walt Disney World you can hear or could have heard that sound. You're playing for all of my virtual audio walking tours of Walt Disney World, a WDW Radio luggage tag button, and this week, a special Disney's Monstrous Summer prize package. Lots of goodies in there for you as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Don't forget that in addition to the weekly podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes or listen to right from the www.radio.com website, we also have weekly live video broadcast and chat every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at www.radiolive.com. You join us in the chat room and discuss this week's Walt Disney World news. And if you can't make it live, you can watch it on YouTube or the WW Radio blog or catch the audio on iTunes as well. Also on the site, you'll find multiple daily blog posts from lots of different great guest contributors. You can be a part of the blog by sending in your photos that you've taken of yourself in Walt Disney World or Disneyland. Self-Shot Tuesdays. Send your photos to photos at www.radio.com. There's also hundreds of videos from Walt Disney World with new videos every week. You can download the free WW Radio app for your iOS or Android device. Easy, free access to the podcast, blog, videos, connect with me, see upcoming events, get exclusive content updates and more. You can also join the community, talk with other Disney fans, lots more. Again, you can find everything over at www.radio.com. You know, I love hearing from you. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Or if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at www.radio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Come by, subscribe to my profile, facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello, or like the page, facebook.com slash WDW Radio. And as much as I love connecting with you virtually online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, which is why I love doing lots of different special events, including our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other events on the road as well. Our next Meet of the Month is going to help kick off Star Wars weekends over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Stay tuned for more information coming soon. And in June, we'll be taking the show on the road, literally, as we'll be traveling up to Toronto the first weekend in June. I'll have details about a meetup there coming soon. The weekend of June 21st through the 23rd, I'm going back to New Jersey for a weekend-long series of events up there. Hope we can join us there. I'll then be at the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet the final weekend in June in Aulani in July and at the D23 Expo in August. And of course, don't forget, 
about our group cruise on the Disney Fantasy, November 2nd through the 9th, with our very, very special guest, author Ridley Pearson. To find out about any or all these events, visit the events page over at wdwradio.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors. MouseFanTravel.com is my official recommended travel provider because it's who I use. And you can get a free, no-obligation quote if you're coming to Disney World, Land, Disney Cruise Line, and Adventures by Disney almost anywhere because Becky Mankin and her team of agents give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, an amazing level of personal service, all at no additional cost to you. You can find them over at MouseFanTravel.com. And if you want a little bit of Disney magic delivered wherever you are, CelebrationsPress.com has Celebrations Magazine where you can get in print in a bi-monthly issue or you can download the digital version to your iPad or other tablet device. For more information to subscribe and order back issues, visit them over at CelebrationsPress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, Please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out there to listening or go on Facebook. Share your favorite links or come by and comment on some of the posts as well, too. And please come by. Review the show and the apps over in iTunes. Very, very helpful. Very much appreciated. And I promised you at the beginning of the show a special discount code just for you, my friends, on any or all of my virtual audio walking tours of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. You can visit wdwradio.com. Click on the shop link. There you'll find all of the audio tours of Walt Disney World, including Main Street, Adventureland, Fantasyland, Rest in Peace, Mickey's Toontown, Liberty Square, Frontierland, and Tomorrowland is on its way. But you can save 50% on any or all those guides just by using Friend50. Friend, the number 5050. When you check out, use that as the discount code. Save 50%. Till the end of May, hope you enjoy any or all of my virtual audio walking tours of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom as I take you through all the attractions, shops, history, all with those virtual 3D audio sounds of Walt Disney World behind you. Great way to experience the parks virtually wherever you are or take them with you to the parks for your own personal guided tour. Again, use code FRIEND50 at checkout. And I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to tune in each and every week and allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you through the show and so many other ways. I am the luckiest man in the world and I want you to do what you love each and every day. So remember that life is sometimes like being on monkey bars. Sometimes you need to let go and take small leaps of faith in order to move forward. Thank you all again. I hope you have a great week this week. So until next time, see ya. Hello, it's Frank and Ashley and Six Month Baby Frankie on the Disney Magic in Galveston, Texas, ready to set it out for eight days. Enjoy the trip to Walt Disney World and Castaway Key. Hope all's well. Enjoy. Hey, Lou, it's Wes from Sioux Falls. I don't know if any other listeners have had this experience, but I have to be just a little bit sad. Uh, I like to listen to you during my lunch breaks, and I just listened to your restaurant review of Tutto Italia. I'm listening to your old shows, and I just listened to episode 122, which was Mama Melrose. And sometimes it's hard to hear about all that good food while I'm eating ramen noodles and an apple. Uh, anyways, keep up the great shows, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. Uh, this is Rick Mace, long-time listener. I am right now sitting in what I believe to be, as you've described, as your favorite place to sit in uh, Japan and Epcot. Um, I've had my uh, I'm down here for a week vacation first three days are with my in-laws 
They left this morning. It's been interesting. Um, I'm a longtime hardcover. Moving at their pace has been an interesting change. And uh, after a very long day today, my uh, two-year-old daughter, who would not nap, finally, finally fell asleep. Only, not in the stroller, but only if I would carry her on my shoulders. And she is now out. And I was looking for a place to sit in the shade. And I was right next to Japan. And couldn't help but remember how you always describe your favorite place in the Japanese garden was a nice, quiet, shady place to rest. And I have to say thank you. Thank you, sir. Not only for the podcast, but for recommending this nice place to sit. Because it's quiet. She can nap. I'm in the shade. I'm relaxing. My day has just absolutely turned around. So thank you, sir, for all the podcasts and for this. All right. Keep up the good work. Hi, this is Getty Jackson from Colorado, and I was calling to say that um, I really like your podcast, and I think they're amazing. I really want to meet you. Bye. You.